<laughs> you are listening to WMNF. Welcome to the afternoon. My name is Jerrilyn Chilke. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the mostest. Whoops. Whoa. Uh, and today's show, we have <laughs> music. Let me go answer the phone. Just don't know what to do with myself Well, 
I didn't know what to do when the hotline was ringing, but there are no emergencies. We're all safe. So I'm going to start all over again. Good afternoon. My name is Joellen Chilke. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the most. I am so, so happy that you are listening to Art in Your Ear on WMNF today. You are fabulous for being out there. I want to let you know that support for WMNF comes from listeners like you and the Rotary Club of Tampa of Temple Terrace. The sixth annual Temple Terrace Craft Brew Fest is Saturday. April 30th at Woodmont Park. The Craft Brew Fest features local and national brands along with committed homebrewers, several seltzers, and the Black Velvet Band. Tickets and more information at ttbrewfest.com. Well, on today's show, I've got such a freaking wonderful show for you today. There is uh, an opening tonight at... Excuse me, at Tempest Projects. It's called the Eternal Present, and they are having having some parties tonight. There's parties, always parties. Uh, so artist uh, Lucia Riffle uh, and then Tempest goddess Tracy Medulla and a really interesting organization called Dashboard Arts. Uh, Chrissy Brimage is going to be in the studio in just a minute or two to chat about this. Now, this show is an animation digital art show, and it is one of those shows that is so interesting and so inviting and uh Maybe a sort of a gateway drug to understanding digital and animation art. It's just really, really, I could not stop thinking about it since I saw it. So I'm really glad we get to talk about this today. If you want to get in touch, please do email dj at wmnf.org or send us a text, if you would, and that be 433, um, let's see, 813-433-0885. And uh, we will respond. If you do send us something, if you want us to. I want to let you know also that support for WMNF comes from listeners like you and the Duke Center for the Arts, the Mahaffey Theater, presenting singer-songwriter Beth Hart Wednesday, April 27th. Joining Beth Hart are our very special guests John Oates and Guthrie Trapp, presenting a blend of blues, folk, and well-known songs. Enhanced with behind-the-scenes stories, the audience will get a glimpse into the world of Beth Hart's songwriting craft. Tickets at themahaffey.com.
Well, we are going to put Thievery Corporation's time and space down. So we have time and space to talk to our guest. Boom! Sorry, that was the last, I promised the last bad pun of the day. Um, <laughs> in the studio with us uh, at Tempest Projects, opening up tonight is a show called The Eternal Present. And the artist, Lucia Riffle, is here. Of course, we have our dear friend, uh, Tracy Medulla, who heads up Tempest Projects. And we have a new friend, Chrissy Brimage, who's from Dashboard Arts. So I'm going to start with you, Chrissy. I'm going to ask you to say hello to the audience so they can discern your voice. And uh, can you give us sort of like a one minute, what is Dashboard Arts? Yeah. So, hi everyone. My name's Chrissy Burmidge. I'm the director of special projects over at Dashboard. We're just Dashboard, or some people call us Dash. Um, we are a nonprofit art organization. We were co-founded in 2010. Um, back then, we had a focus kind of on transforming some vacant public spaces to turn them into kind of experiential art um, experiences for the public. But now we've kind of expanded. Um, we've moved from just Atlanta to all across the nation. I think this year we're all across the eastern seaboard. And our focus has shifted to transforming our public spaces with artwork, but also connecting artists with resources. Thank you so much. That sounds wonderful. And uh, Lucia, will you talk about, uh, just really briefly, um, you are doing animation and digital art. Uh, is this something that you started off doing, or is it fairly recent or where's that in your whole art world? Yeah. Hi, my Hi. name is Lucia Riffle. Um, so I'm the artist for the Eternal Present at Tempest Projects. I actually haven't always been a digital artist. Um, I've done a lot of different things throughout my life, but I was always like a really avid drawer. I was a printmaker for a while and then I dabbled in installation, but I found digital things and specifically animation about five years ago. So that's when I really got into my swing and I've just been digging in deeper ever since. Good job. And then our friend Tracy, uh, Tempest Projects, of course, is just known throughout the land as being a um, cutting edge and wonderful uh, space for artists that are uh, certainly not yet mainstream. <laughs> Maybe someday people will move in the right direction and make all these artists the most famous ones in the world. When you uh, are, are looking at shows and setting up your schedule, is there like a, are you looking to see how each individual show balances with other shows that are on the schedule? Um, is there sort of a, a rhyme and reason to the overall type thing? Or is it, we want to do this show and that's, that's the most important thing? The only selfish thing I have left in my life is the programming at Tempest Projects. I understand. <laughs> um, and that's not to say it isn't thoughtful, but um, usually what it comes down to, if I'm being completely honest, is a curatorial committee, a programming committee. Um, we look at how much time we have. We look at who we think deserves a little bit of attention and what we really love to see. That's, that does not sound selfish at all. That sounds exactly how art is supposed to be shown. Like, does this, <laughs> does this spark interest? Like, are you like, wow, this, this person should get in front of other people. Um, that's wonderful. So dear, dear listeners, this is who we are going to be chatting with. I want to, um, Lucia, Lucia, sorry, I've decided that I want to make your name super Italian. Um, Lucia, looking at the work, it's, uh, I mean, there is sort of some installation 
stuff there. Um, I'm assuming that the wine and chips that were out last night are not part of the installation, but there's pillows on the floor echoing one of the pieces of art. And dear listeners, if you go to the Art In Your Ear Facebook page, you can see a a short video or to our Instagram, you can see a video and some pictures from the installation that um, I took yesterday. And so you get an idea of it. So, but there's also um, things are, there's sort of a, there's a real sense of humor to the way that it's displayed, though I'm not sure that that humor is, the humor's more sly, I think, in some of the pieces. Um, will you talk a little bit about uh, sort of where, what you want someone who hasn't seen work like yours before, what you want them or how you want them to start looking at it and, and experiencing it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think um, not a lot of people look at digital art, um, especially like not even people in the art world, but it's really important. It's new media and it's really catching on. But I think with my work specifically, like I'm just as concerned with the viewers like experience viewing the work as the image I'm creating. So that's why I tend to like bring out certain elements that are in the visuals into physical space so they can kind of interact with the work and feel it more around them as well as what they're viewing in their minds. So yeah, like you were talking about, I've brought out like some pillows and a mat so they can like lay down and look up at the really big piece that's called Lull that I have across the biggest wall in the gallery. And other pieces have like chairs and rugs and kind of like furnishings. A lot of the time I like refer to the way I install things as like furnishing my videos, just really like giving it a setting so people can interact with it physically. But also I think that viewing the artwork from a different angle or position of your body takes you out of like the art experience, like looking at something on a wall in a gallery and puts you into more of that actual internal experiential thing that I'm going for in my work. Because I really want people to be able to find that quiet space within themselves through this show. That was the main motive. There's definitely a meditative feeling uh, to them, but it's not necessarily a like I'm going to be the most mellow, you know, thing on the planet. There's maybe meditative, perhaps hypnotic, <laughs> somewhere on that, if that's a continuum or if that's part of continuum, it's along that continuum. Uh, and we were talking a little bit about how you made them yesterday, but I was so interested because you mentioned, you know, not deeply, but you were sort of exploring the ideas of, as the Free Corporation uh, sang about time and space. And th- this work was all done uh, definitely after the pandemic has started and, and some of it kind of recently. So let's um, get in, and, and this is for everyone to jump in, not just me to be chatting about, but in trying to, I mean, in depicting time and space, what are some of the ways that you were sort of walking yourself through the different pieces of work to to give those ideas? Yeah, I mean, I think using video in general is talking inherently about time and space because a video is a parcel of time and space in itself that's then flattened into a 2D medium. And something I think about even more in my specific practice is I use 3D animation to create the scenes I create. So those exist in three-dimensional digital space, which then flatten into a video and then come back out into physical space as projections or on screens or things like that. So I think thinking just about the medium in itself really gets me into thinking about time and space. But I'm also concerned with the space within our own bodies and between our bodies, our minds and our screens while inhabiting like this very like digitized world that we live in now with our constant interaction with phones and computers and whatnot. Um, So I think 
When I was building the spaces for this show, especially in the context of the pandemic, I was thinking a lot about the elastic nature of time. So there's a lot of references to time in these pieces specifically. Like you'll see clocks, you'll see like lunar types of things happening, cosmic rotations, and the videos in themselves are infinite loops. So they're referencing that like unknown nature of time in itself. I feel like you also uh, do reflect a lot on on the unknown. I mean, and several videos there are sort of doors opening and closing and there's this idea of portal but where to what to you know i mean there's it, it's just really fun i think i'm i'm trying to ma- i'm i feel like i'm making it sound the work has a serious edge but it's also really lovely and and fun you know and that's um i think one of the benefits of having a show like this because there's a lot of people that are not as i mentioned before they're not completely sure about how do i Experience, how do I properly? People want to go to something, but they're like, I'm not sure if I'm going to be experiencing this the correct way. Literally, something that somebody said to me last night I want to go, but I don't know. And I was like, No, it's really fun. Like, you go there and you're immediately drawn to go towards it, not be, uh, I'm not too sure about this. It's, it's, it, it has a, uh, <laughs> are you laughing at me, Tracy? It kind of has that candy, like, oh, I want some of that, you know, so uh, we'll do that. I want to r- remind listeners, we're speaking with um, artist uh, Lucia Riffle and then uh, two um, also artists, but for, for the purposes of this interview, two people that are making things happen, uh, Chrissy Brimage and Tracy Medulla, uh, to talk about the show, The Internal Present, up, opening up tonight at Tempest Projects. Um, Tracy, were you, uh, did you know, about um, Lucia's work before uh, Chrissy and Dash approached you? I had seen Lucia's work before. um, Probably the most, um, I don't want to say most recent, but most predominant or most, um, I don't want to say memorable, but what I do remember being introduced to her work in the greatest sense was when she did a um, takeover for um, Psychic Jacuzzi. Which I thought is really great. It's one of my it's one of my favorite um, online art uh, media interactions mm. that we have. So, so psychic jacuzzi. So yeah. put that everybody on your on, on your list to look up. All of them on Instagram. <laughs> and was that uh, was that uh, Lucia? Was that also an introduction? Your introduction to a lot of other like did a lot of people find you through that way or yeah I think it definitely Psychic Jacuzzi is based out of Tampa mm-hmm. and shows a lot of Florida artists in general so it definitely got my name out to a broader like Florida audience I'm originally from Minnesota but I've been living in Florida for you know off and on for the last like six or seven years and so just like finding a community within Florida and the arts has been really important and I think Psychic Jacuzzi really did help with that because it was it was growing at the time that I did it. Now it's grown much larger. But That's wonderful. It's pretty great. And I would say, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, that uh, this area, and I can't really speak deeply about any other art areas in Florida, but this area, the Tampa St. Pete area, does have a very cooperative, um, y- you know, all boats rise kind of art community where people want others to to do well also, not just like have the whole pie to themselves. Um, and so this is a good time because Chrissy, how did this whole thing happen? Because you and your organization kind of um, went to Tempest and said, hey, so will you talk a little bit about how this went happened? Sure, yeah. The stars definitely aligned really well, but it had been kind of aligning, I think, over time. We got introduced to, I guess, to Tempest first. Um, we were very lucky to be able to um, work 
to help steward a granting program that we got to work with Tempest through and um, help facilitate a grant for Tempest through that program. So we were able to work through Tempest with that, and that was 2020. Process in 2019. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then there was this, always the surprise of yeah. 2020. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, then there was that time warp. Yeah. In that same kind of time span, we were also kind of getting introduced to Lucia. Um, in Atlanta, there is an organization called Arts and Entertainment Atlanta that has these digital billboards that they use to display artwork. And they asked Dashboard, along with another organization called Mint Gallery, to curate a show. So we co-curated, and the curator for Mint, whose name is Makita Lewis, she's really amazing, um, she proposed Lucia to us. And we were instantly in love. We were like, who is this person? How have we not seen her work yet? We want her in this show. So Lucia got to be in that group exhibition called In Light, and that happened. It rolled out in 2020. Um, and she was a pleasure to work with. We loved the piece that we did, and we knew that we wanted to work with her again, so we were keeping it in mind for the future to see you know, if things would align. And um, in talking with Tracy and seeing what's going on in Tempest, and uh, I think, did we reach out first? or did, I don't remember how exactly it happened. Well, when I answered the question earlier about how we program exhibitions, I left out one of the most important and relevant things, which is we look for people we like to work with as well. And so there was a conversation about either bringing an artist here for an exhibition or an artist residency or even a curatorial residency <laughs> in the future. So, yeah. Yeah, so when that opportunity opened and thinking about how Lucia was in Florida and how we wanted to engage again with Tempest, how we wanted to engage again with Lucia, we were like, this is a no-brainer. Obviously, we will bring Lucia to Tempest. And the rest was really beautiful history. It is beautiful history. Um, and so now, is there a difference uh, for both of you? Uh, not you. Stay out of the conversation, Lucia. <laughs> is there a difference from seeing the work, you know, up on a billboard, on a device, and then seeing the work in present, in a space? I mean, you know, because that, to me... Um, there's a excitement about, I would imagine, I'd be thrilled to like have a billboard, have billboards full of art. That'd be exciting. But to be in that room and be able to not have your attention donated to anything else, but just to the art. Will you talk, will you all talk a little bit about some of the differences with that? Sure. Um, you know, for me running that gallery, uh, one of the most exciting experiences is how it changes from one show to another. And this has been a really wonderful experience for us. Um, not just because she's using the space in a way that it, I don't think it's been used before, um, just being almost exclusively projection. But for me, coming in, in and out of that space um, in the mornings when the projections are not on, um, to like just two minutes later when they're booted up and you're seeing it all, it changes so dramatically. And um, I wanted to mention this as well. One of the things that we, I say we, it's like my team at, at Tempest. Um, we do yoga in that space about once a week together. And it has been such a wonderful thing to do yoga in that space. Because usually um, in the, the buildings, kind, I mean, it's a lovely building for art. But when you're doing yoga in that space, it's actually kind of an ugly building because you're looking at the ceiling so often. <laughs> um, but Lucia's work has been just delightful to be around. So you were talking about how it changes um, time and space. The space is so inviting 
with her work in there. And that's the other thing I wanted to touch on that you mentioned earlier. You said that you were talking to somebody who didn't know if they would be interacting um, with it and that there's some discomfort in seeing art sometimes. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that sometimes art is supposed to make you uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's something that viewers should embrace. But I don't feel that way about this exhibition at all. I think it's really inviting and um, and it's contemplative, but in in a really, I think, positive and pleasant Mm -hmm. way. So I don't know, I feel like I've rambled a bit. But. No, no, you have, that is not rambling. And I think you're right. I think a whole field of art shouldn't make you uncomfortable, but it certainly is part of art's duty is to make some, sometimes, not all the time, but make you go, ooh. Um, so, yeah. The, the greater point was, come on down. Come on down. <laughs> well, you know, because it has, um, and, and we talked about this yesterday, it has kind of, to me, this sort of um, early 70s feel, like graphic design feel, where the early 70s album art and a lot of the best and coolest art was looking at the 1920s and the 1930s and riffing off of that, like kind of changing the colors to being sort of super bright and a different color palette. But the idea of um, checkerboard and archways and windows and things like that, were you... um, You know, there's... When I went back and I looked at all the pictures, I took something that did not hit me yesterday, but then... This morning did so. There is sort of there is a tropical sort of or a, 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 a tropical feel to it, and sometimes there's a sunsetty, sunrisey time of you know like a, a moving from one time to another time feel to it. As an artist, how did you? How much of that were you like? This is I have this intention to create this, and how much of it was built as you went as you were working on it, Lucia? Yeah, I usually start off with somewhat of an image in my mind, but it mostly has to do with the types of motion I'd like to have in my pieces and the overall feeling I want it to evoke. So, you know, I start off and I build digitally. So I build a lot of things. I undo them. I redo them. I hide things. I view them again. But I'm visually influenced by really everything around me. A lot of the media I consume, the places I go, you know, where I've grown up, where I am now, which is definitely more tropical than where I grew up. So that's definitely an influence on my work, especially in terms of color. My work has kind of fluctuated over the past couple of years, especially to be really like bright and vibrant instead of a lot of more like mid-tone things. And I think that's maybe just having to do with like the more extreme emotional states that we've all been experiencing (laughs) over the last couple of years compared to our seemingly normal lives before. I know, Um, (laughs) in the before times. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I draw a lot of influences from things around me, like just things that I'm watching that I feel like a lot of people don't pay attention to the more like mundane aspects of the everyday, like a fan spinning on the ceiling or like a clock that doesn't quite work and things like that. There are, uh, and I saw, I know uh, when there's the clocks that they almost start working and then they drop off and, you know, and it's not in the same time that the whole loop is. So there is that, uh, not in any way disconcerting, but there are like several things happening in loops, but the loops aren't coordinated with each other. They have their own loops. It's loops and loops. Loops and loops. That's fun to say. <laughs> loops and loops. Um, and so when you were when you were playing, for instance, the large piece, Lull, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Lull, uh, has this water, a body of water, a large body of water with it. So if you were like, I want to explore water, you know, hi, it's Sunday, I'm going to explore water. So, it, I mean, is that, you know, and then you start... 
where deciding how do things reflect how do things move you talk about motion I want to make water move like what you know is there would that be a start like let me see how water moves yeah that was definitely a starting point especially for that piece like when I started that piece a couple months back I knew like okay I want this to have like a wave function I want it to be mostly water on like the quote-unquote floor of the space and then I want to build it really wide and like a broad vast space so water was certainly the motion that I started with there but some of the other ones like I started with clocks and some of the other pieces Mm -hmm. or like the landscape reflected in another piece it's usually just like one or two of those key elements in the piece that I'm like inspired by um, and then I let the piece develop from there and a lot of times especially since I work digitally I can save multiple versions of Mm -hmm. these files (laughs) as I'm working through them so a lot of them have a lot of other lives that never see the light of day (laughs) Um, a lot of other moods and tones that I might not end up using ultimately but um, yeah I kind of know when they're done by just seeing when it turns into video ultimately like the motions are lining up and things are just like synchronous and moving in the way that I want them to. Does, does it ever, when it's done and then you see it, not immediately, but at some other point, are you like, oh, I, oh, I guess I was, you know, looking at that. Where the, do, you, do you surprise yourself? Like, are there surprises embedded in it? Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially even when I'm like building these spaces, like sometimes I'll have like a spur of the moment idea, like the swings in one of the pieces um, in the show called Tranquility. Um, I was working on another piece and I was like, man, I really want to build some swings right now. Like I love that motion. (laughs) I love that swings have this very like internal experience of just like joy and calm and interiority, but they didn't go with the piece I was working on. So I just started a new file and built the swings (laughs) and let it go from there. So I definitely surprised myself because I'd never really thought about that before, but it (laughs) turned out great and it's a piece that I really love. (laughs) I want swings. (laughs) My autobiography. Um, So, (laughs) dear listener, we're speaking with uh, uh, people that are making everything happen for a show that's opening up tonight at Tempest Projects. It's called The Eternal Present. And you can see uh, versions of uh, some of the artwork on our Facebook page, Art in Your Ear Facebook page, and our Instagram. Uh, if you want to see uh, one one of the things that I was thinking a lot about is that there's uh, one piece and it's in a, a room by itself with just two chairs and they're sort of like this very intimate way I mean you could have I don't know four people in there or something if you want to get really crowded but there is this very intimate feeling of of being in there and watching it um, and I um, I know that to a degree consuming art can be a very passive uh, thing but it feels that uh, this sort of demands a more active kind of looking and active kind of watching not sort of like let me open my eyes and just kind of stand there and absorb but let me look at these different pieces is there a way like is that I mean you nodded is that sort of like an understanding of how people will look at your work and if there is do you do anything that sort of arranges their the way that they look at it, like, oh, I know this moves, so they're going to see this first. But I wonder if they'll even notice this other thing that's all the way up here in the corner. Like, is there, or do you uh, give a sort of a little bit of a roadmap to people? 
Um, I don't give them a super intentional roadmap, but I do intentionally put a lot of different things happening into my files with varying degrees of like subtlety. So there's definitely things that people will never notice that I know is happening in a file. And that's totally okay, because I think it adds to the overall environment that it creates. But something about what you were talking about with passive experiences of art, in my practice, I'm specifically trying to make those passive experiences active. The real like crux of my work is finding that space that you're in when you're mindlessly scrolling on your phone or your computer and consuming media really mindlessly and mindlessly to the point where you're not looking anymore. You're just kind of scrolling on and on and you find yourself in your head with yourself and kind of finally able to like take a beat and maybe process something because your mind is occupied and your body is occupied. So it leaves you in that really quiet space. So positioning is something really intentional that I do with my work to make sure people can feel that kind of interior aloneness, not in like a bad way, in like a comforting way, even though they're surrounded by other people in a gallery space. I want it to feel very insular. That's awesome. And I think that the and especially because there's just been all these things thrown at us over the last few years. There's been insurrections, pandemics, Riots, uh, a civil rights movement, a war, you know, there's, there's a lot going on besides, you know, millions of people dying and getting sick and stuff like that. A lot going on. And maybe we have lost the ability in some ways to, to let things process subconsciously, you know, to, to allow that to happen. So I love the idea that it lets, lets something happen that maybe we aren't. And it's a very generous way of also of, of sort of um, thinking about doom scrolling is that, oh yeah, you're subconscious, but it works with me. Like if I'm playing, I play too many, you know, too much spider solitaire and stuff like that, but I realize I have all these conversations going on in the back of my head that were necessary. Yeah. You know, so, Tracy, you looked like you were going to say something. But. No, you, well, you were talking about how we'd lost that um, ability to process. And I was thinking, well, I think some of us, all we did was process. But this is, I mean, you know, depending on how you dealt with the pandemic, um, but what's really beautiful about this um, this particular exhibition is that you get to process in a really beautiful and peaceful way. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to minimize it to being, you know, pretty. Right? It, it's, it's okay it's, when things are lovely. It is, but it it is, is okay. lovely. And it's, it's positive and it's beautiful. I do love some of the imagery that um, peaks a little bit, um, more questions like the doorways that open, and when you were you were talking about not particularly having a roadmap, um, I was like, it's not a roadmap, but there are doorways. You know, <laughs> there are and portals. Yeah, there are portals. You know, so I. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it is a really a really beautiful space to process in, and to be able to process um, in a in a thoughtful, positive way. I I feel like it's a. I think it's a really gorgeous kind of indulgent. Mm-hmm. There's a little sense of a release yeah. in there going in. There's some release. I want to, uh, because we only have a few minutes left, so I want to broaden the conversation to a little bit more of a conversation about digital and specifically animation and art 2022 United States. Not something that I know terribly a lot. I'm pretty sure you guys know more about it than I do. But, um, I mean, certainly it's been around for years and years and years and years. Uh, is there, do you think there's a, a better understanding? Is there a sort of like, oh, yeah, this is not a new art form at all? Or is it still very introductory for swaths of people? 
I think it really depends what sphere you're in, because if you're talking to other people who make digital art, like we've known about it for a while, obviously, because we make it. But that's a very like small community, I would say, in the grand scope of the arts. And it's being incorporated in a lot of people's works. Like there is a lot of people who use more traditional media like painting or sculpture, and they're incorporating digital elements and like learning. And that's really exciting to see people like playing with things, even if it's like messing around with like lighting changes and things that might move around your sculpture or like projecting something over a piece or even projecting a painting instead of showing it as, you know, a 3D painting object. Um, so I think it's I think it's coming into the art world more and more, but it's still fresh. Yeah. Chrissy? Yeah. Tracy? I think I think I agree. I mean I think digital media has it's been around for a long time. I think it's just now it's expanding. You're seeing kind of new iterations of things like, you know, code has been around for forever, but now people are using code generatively to make works or something of that sort. So a lot of medias are just kind of expanding and kind of opening up. And a lot of people are becoming more exploratory of what you can do within 3D space. And I think also recognizing that a lot of things you can do in digital space can happen in the material space. So now there's a lot more kind of interplay of the digital and the material happening as well, which is really cool and really interesting. There was an um, artist that I interviewed now a couple of years ago uh, who made art, online art games. You know, and it was art, but they were interactive games. Uh, and for one of my classes when I was in grad school, I made, we had to make games. And it was really interesting doing reporting as a game and having to learn code as to how to make a, a, a game, that, an interactive game. And I thought, this is awesome. Too bad my visuals suck. <laughs> Why did I not know you guys? <laughs> Tracy, you, we were talking about this. You've shown um, multiple times there's been digital art and video mm -hmm. art at Tempest. Has there been an all... Um, one artist digital show there before is this is this I was really trying to think about it and the 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 closest to all digital I think was the exhibition you and I were talking about yesterday, which was many moons ago uh, it was called the room is empty, but that was not one artist doing everything digitally. I think this is our first all digital solo exhibition mm. so dun, 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 even better how yeah. wonderful <laughs> so we did have a question from one of our listeners from joe i think about um how do they find a psychic jacuzzi how is it how is it spelled how can they how can they hook up with it psychic jacuzzi is um it's run i first feel like i have to mention that that is matthew wicks's baby um and it's an instagram feed and it's just, I think it's just at Psychic Jacuzzi All right. yeah. on Instagram. So it, that's where you find it on Instagram. Joe, I will find it and I will email it to you. So, uh, and, uh, and so after the show, so, but we will get that out there. And it is a really fun, um, it's just a really fun thing to watch. Um, so uh, we're, out, we're out of time and I have 90, 90 hundred more questions. <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to know uh, our traditional question. I forgot to forewarn you about the traditional question. But um, what's next for you guys? What's next at Tempest or what's going on um, there? What's, or what's, what's coming up? What's coming up tonight 
obviously, <laughs> is the reception. There's a members hour at six. For fancy so, cocktails. So if yeah, so if you're a member, come an hour early at six. Um, also, in the same space, in the back half of the building, um, we have an artist mixer, like an artist social hour for Crab Devil. Um, if you don't know about Crab Devil, I won't do the long commercial here. I will tell you to show up tonight at 6, and we'll give you the commercial there in we'll person. We'll give a little teeny tiny thing right, about Crab so Devil. <laughs> Crab Devil is um, a collective that is opening an immersive arts experience um, in Tampa called the Peninsularium, and we're working on that. So the social hour is for artists that are part of the project, artists that want to be part of the project, artists that don't understand or know what the project is, and you come and talk to us about it. Um, so that's from 6 to 7. Um, and then we do have the reception open to the public from 7 to 9. And then um, we did just conclude an open call for submissions for Cursed Grounds, which is part of the Sinistra series, which is an exhibition that is based on the sinister side of the Sunshine State. <laughs> Always one of the best shows of the year. It's so much fun. <laughs> and that was curated, or juried rather, by um, Anastasia Somolovia this year. So we're pretty excited about that. And I'll have more details for you to share with people about that real soon. That sounds wonderful. And Tempest is located at? 4220 North Florida Avenue. Excellent. And uh, Lucia, do you have something coming up that you want to let people know about? Oh, yeah, definitely. Obviously, this show, please come to the reception tonight from 7 to 9. I'd love to see you and talk to you about the work. Um, but next month, or I guess not next month, in June, I have a show opening in Augusta, Georgia at a gallery called Westobu. It's curated by Florida curator Allison Westerfield, and it's with two of my lovely friends and co-artists, um, Brittany M. Watkins and Elise Thompson. It's a show about finding that internal space in yourself, things that I am all about, but you get to see it across painting, video, and installation. That sounds wonderful. And Chrissy, you're in charge of special projects for uh, Dash, so am, I'm, I'm sure you have a few things coming up. And is there anything you want to highlight, or is there a place where people can go find out all of the projects? Sure. I mean, the main thing I want to highlight is 7 to 9 tonight, the eternal <laughs> present at 10 6 to 9 if you want to be. Can people become <laughs> members at 6? Yes, absolutely. Come become a member at 6. <laughs> yes, get an extra hour with the show. Um, I mean, we definitely, we have a lot of projects coming up this year. We're, again, all along the eastern seaboard. So wherever you're listening from, if you want to come check us out, we may be in your city. Um, you can find Dashboard at dashboard.us on the web or dashboard underscore us on all social media platforms. And we love to hang out and talk. But as far as abstractly what's next, it's just more collaborations, more working to support artists, more asking, you know, what world do we want to live in and building towards that. Now, let me ask just real quickly. I don't know. I guess I'm paying, not paying attention to time. Um, so <laughs> Tracy and Chrissy, you are both also artists. We are. Yeah, well, I mean, that's always such a tough question for me lately. It's like, I don't know. Some days, I guess I still am. I it's, think, you know, my art has become Tempest. Right, and and which is completely valid. There's I'm no, okay with it. an art. <laughs> uh, but also, I mean, do you do you get a chance to create art, Chrissy? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the beautiful thing at working at an art organization is that we all love art and support art. So just as fluidly as we are working in Dashboard every day, we are fluidly working in our practices as well. Okay. It's very That's important great. to us, yeah. Right. Excellent. Well, thank you all so much for uh, coming in. It's just an absolute pleasure. And I just, the, I cannot speak highly enough of the work. I just really enjoyed it. It's lovely, um, interesting, uh, 
but not saccharine in any way work. Uh, and I do hope that there's not even enough room in the building to squeeze another person in. Um, <laughs> we've been uh, speaking with uh, artist Lucia Riffle and then uh, Tempest Project's goddess Tracy Medulla and woman who makes things happy uh, for Dashboard, Dash Cr Chrissy Brimage here on Art in Your Ear today. We are going to go out of the interview. It is Earth Day, Earth Day! Um, and we are going to go out of the interview with a song from Rebecca Pulley. She is one of the artists on CS Rise, an organization that I tried to help out. And uh, she wrote a song on her latest release, Venice Versus the Sea. Uh, so let's think a little bit about our planet and try to rescue it. And meanwhile, listen to this and we'll be right back.
And that's Rebecca Pulley with... Uh, those venison sea can't live here anymore because of climate change, y'all. So we have to start working on that. I want to let you know that uh, the Creative Pinellas has a really cool event next Thursday. It's called um, Part of the We Convene um, series. So this is Thursday, April 28th from 8 to 10 a.m. Uh, for the We Convene session on accessibility and equity. They're co-hosting this with the uh, Carter Woodson African American Museum and keynote speaker, Dr. Dallas Jackson is going to be there. It's going to be a fantastic discussion about the ideas of reach and engagement as they try to help people understand ways to open up their doors and minds and everything uh, to um, for arts and artists and things like that. You can register for that if you go online to creativepinellas.org. It sounds like a wonderful thing. We also here at WMNF have a really cool thing coming up Monday night. WMNF will be at the new Slow Cal in Seminole Heights Monday, April 25th for the first monthly Tampa Music Showcase sponsored by the Music Bureau. This open mic night features new and established local musicians, a panel discussion by Symphonic Distribution on the music industry, networking, and more. Sign up to perform begin at 6 p.m. Details at WMNF.org slash events. So one of the fun things too, or fun for me, hopefully fun for you, is that we are also going to be, uh, we, I, Joellen, no, not anyone else, is going to be covering for Stu next week on um, for his show next Thursday, and that is uh, the 28th also. And that'll be from noon to, one time, noon to three next Thursday. I will be uh, playing some music for you uh, then, and I hope that you will tune in to that. We're going to go out with one of the CS Rise artists and with a really super popular song that was on WMNF for a long time uh, called from the Felice Brothers. Yes, it is an environmental and climate change song. Pay attention, people. I want to let you know right after this show, of course, is the wonderful E-Love. She brings you uh, Global Electronica, this wonderful, swoopy, fantastic, spiritual, and fun and dancey show uh, that uh, from 1 to 2 p.m. At 2 p.m. is Live Music Showcase, and they're going to be having a R&B uh, neo-soul band on today. That sounds great. I love neo-soul. And then, of course, that's followed by the Rhythm Revival with Reverend Billy and Marvelous Marv, and they are diving into the roots of rock and roll. You never know what you're going to hear on that show. It's going to be delightful and sometimes a little jaw-dropping. I will admit that. <laughs> sometimes it's like, oh my goodness. Uh, wow. <laughs> they People made songs like that? Yes, they did. And then after uh, that wonderful show, three to six, um, starting at six is the, uh, we'll bring you the Soul Party, which is classic R&B and soul. That's followed by the Soul Kitchen, a smorgasbord of all great rhythm-based music, whether it's rock, hip-hop, blues, jazz, uh, R&B, soul, everything. It's it's all in that show. It's a wonderful mix. And then we end our Friday nights with uh, classic R&B and soul Florida style from the Florida uh, Friday Flashback, and that's with Chuck Cord Jr. So we hope you'll stay with us. We do have um, all sorts of things coming up. We're going to be doing Doing a fun drive for Art in Your Ear on uh, at the end, no, in the middle of June. Uh, so we will be asking you to send some money. If you've thought about supporting Art in Your Ear, please do it. 
the more stuff we get ahead of time, the less we have to play and uh, we have to worry about fundraising that day and we can just do normal shows. So just think about it, okay? All right, thanks for listening. My name is Joellen Schulke. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the mostest. You've been listening to Art in Your Ear on WMNF Tampa, WMNF 88.5 FM, the best station in the nation. Stay tuned for the NPR News. And we're going to go out with the Fleece Brothers. He drove in a doomed Corvette. Helen was in the passenger seat, eating melon and spitting out the seeds. Feeling happy to be alone, but still turning a saxophone. It's called a stone kind of like. She said, this is what the apocalypse will look like. Like the testing of bombs or the tapping of stiletto